0: In this episode, I'm very excited to be sharing the conversation I had with lifestyle influencer Maddie James. She has been able to dominate the social media world and the marketplace, all while being very open about her faith in Jesus. I hope you enjoy listening to this conversation as much as I enjoyed having it. This episode has been sponsored by the second annual I'm Still Standing Retreat. Please save the date for May 29th to 30th, 2020. The retreat will be held at the Guelph Bible Conference Center, and we'll be accepting deposits shortly. So please stay tuned. Maddie James is a lifestyle influencer, blogger at maddiejames.com, podcaster, a wife, and a mom, and amongst many, many, many other things. So welcome, Maddie.
1: Thank you so much for having me, Gemma. I appreciate it.
0: Thank you so much. Um, let's start with something fun. What is one thing we would be surprised to know about you?
1: Um, you know what? I'm not even really sure. I'm a pretty open book. Maybe that I'm, I really have become a homebody, as social and extroverted as I am. I think as I get older, I just really, really love my home. It is like a sanctuary to me. I just love being at home. I think especially living in a city like Atlanta, just like the thought of having to like put on makeup, just put in this effort just to go eat a meal can sometimes, you know, wear you out before you even leave. And so, yeah, I just really, really enjoy my home. So I think some people would be um really shocked to hear that and I think maybe even some people who know me would probably be shocked to know that I think most people are like oh yeah Maddie's ready to go out and stuff like that and as of late I'm kind of like no you guys can have that
0: yeah no I completely feel you on the getting ready aspect by the time you get ready you don't even want to (laughs) leave
1: yeah and I think too because I get ready for my job and my business so regularly like you know like you know, putting on makeup for a YouTube video or Instagram pictures, you know, so I think because I do that already, you know, I don't go to like a cubicle or nine to five, I'm taking pictures or filming myself, you know, pretty consistently throughout the week. So I think that's probably I've kind of been worn down on that side where I'm like, no makeup on watching Netflix is my kind of thing.
0: Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Um, you moved from working on your blog part-time to full-time only after you were let go from your job in 2015, I believe it was. Right? Yes. Um, what made you take the plunge and decide not to look for another job?
1: Well, I was planning on leaving my job in the first place. I mean, I think pretty early on, I kind of had decided um, with myself that I was not going to work for somebody else. I I knew that this job that I was at was going to be my last job. Um, I had prayed on it. I had Really decided, I had the discussion with my husband. I just knew that once I became a mom, I really wanted that flexibility, not only schedule wise, but definitely financially to kind of be in control with like exactly how much money I wanted to make, whether I wanted to make an extra hundred dollars a month or if I wanted to make a million a year. I wanted to be in control of that. I didn't really want to give that control to somebody else anymore. Um, and then again, that just like flexibility, you know, I have two kids under the age of five, you know, I pick them up and drop them off to school every day, which is like a blessing that is not lost on me. So those were things that I really, really wanted. And I think that, you know, just talking about it with my husband, that was something that he wanted too. he still has a you know, corporate nine to five, he works for Fortune 50. And so I think for both of us, it was kind of like, well, at least if one of us can do it, then let's absolutely take advantage of that. And then I had just been blogging for a while at this point, I was in my fifth year of blogging. And, you know, checks were pretty consistent and steady. And I kept on praying for, you know, the amount of money that I made at my nine to five, you know, to make it with my blog. And the Lord had not only done that, but exceeded that. And so to me, you know, getting let go from my job was absolutely a blessing. It was kind of like, well, you've, you've prayed for the courage and the bravery to quit your job and you never did it. So I'll do it for you.
0: Wow. I know those ones for sure. For sure. That's kind of what similar, but I ended up leaving my job, um, kind of felt like I was pushed to that, but mm. that was one of my questions too. Like if you felt led before, um, you left your job to leave, and yeah, so the answer was yes. Why do you think there was some hesitance there to leave on your own?
1: I just was, you know, I come from West African immigrant parents who kept on kind of, I guess really really kind of like being like oh my gosh you have this good job and you know I didn't finish college I left school early and I moved to New York to follow my dreams I really wanted to sing and dance you know that fell through and so I think after not getting my college degree the the becoming an artist thing not really working out um, and then getting a quote-unquote good job I think for my parents Um, they were just like, well, you know, you don't want to leave your good job. And you know, no one really knew what blogging was, you know, I still think a lot of people don't know what it is. But I think like, especially five years ago, I think it was really foreign, especially for a blogger and an influencer who looked like me, I think people were just kind of like, is this really what you want to bank on? Mm -hmm. And, you know, for me, anytime I've you know, believed in myself and really prayed on something and still been led to do that, it's always worked out for me. You know, no one thought I was going to win Miss Liberia USA, except for my husband. You know, everybody was super convinced that I was like too American and, you know, I wasn't in the culture enough. And it was just like, you know, that had nothing to do with it. You know, like I absolutely love my culture. Yeah, sure. I was born here, but I absolutely love my people. I love that country. I love everything. Um, I love the potential of us. I love, you know, the struggles we've been through. And so for me, I think it was anytime I have really done something out of the love of something, it's always worked out for me. And I think that's what happened too with um, with my blog.
0: Okay. Yeah. That's awesome. How did your relationship with God play a part in your decision-making and a part of the process?
1: Oh, it was huge. I think it was one of those, you know, one of the very first few times where I had to completely and totally trust in him. And it's hard because it's easy to start scrambling and um, trying to make things work. But I will say that in all of it, even in the times it's gotten hard, I never have, looked up a job to like, go get hired and go, you know, get a job. I've always kind of been like, okay, this just means that I need to step back. Um, I need to pray. I need to be real sensitive, you know, to, to what he's trying to say to me, or, or maybe I need to be still momentarily and really start to put two and two together. And yeah, it, it really was one of those things where it's like, I, I have to trust you, you know, I had to trust the Lord before even really knowing what he was up to. And I think that's one of the hardest things. I think the flesh teaches you that, you, know, you that something has to be validated before you can trust it. And it's like, well, the victory is the validation. So he doesn't have to tell you what he's up to. If he said he's going to do it, he's going to do it. It just doesn't have to be how I thought he was going to.
0: And I think that's the hardest part for us,
1: you know, as- Well, it's, it's, it's only hard though, when you're in the flesh, right? So yeah. if you're more into the faith, and mm-hmm. so I think those are the two sides that you're, I'm always fighting with. You know, some days I'm really in the flesh and I have to kind of shift that perspective. But when you're in that faith perspective and you're leading with thanksgiving and trust and gratefulness, it's not so hard. Yeah. But again, it's where your heart is. If your heart is operating out of the flesh, it's going to be hard if it's operating out of the faith it's actually it it actually is the default
0: yeah that's so true that is so i love how you pointed that out because that's very true that is very true depends on where we're operating in that moment right? mm-hmm um you do a lot um you run a profitable business you work with a lot of big brands you speak podcast blog and i'm sure much more and you raise your daughters alongside your husband what um was the most um important lesson you learned about how to organize your time and be productive while still prioritizing your family
1: Mm. well i think that was the that was it, right? It was like, it doesn't matter how perfect the schedule looks. If your priorities are out of order, it's always going to be messed up. Um, So I think it was just that it was like prioritizing my family. And, you know, I think there was like a a shift for myself um, in 2016, where I was so caught up in work that prioritizing my family was, was not the case, you know, it was like, okay, I can get to that after I knock out this podcast or knock out mm. this brand campaign and stuff like that. And so a real shift in my household and my marriage started to take place because things were out of order. If something is out of order, guess what? It doesn't work, mm-hmm. right? When you see an out of order sign on a toy, you know, on a bathroom stall in the bathroom, you don't go use it because it doesn't work. And that was literally like there was an out of order sign on my, on my household in 2016, it wasn't working because things were out of order. Um, and anytime God isn't first to me, it's out of order. Like my marriage cannot be above the Lord. My children cannot be above the Lord. And, and even, you know, and everyone's different. Right. But even for me, it's like, you know, for me, it's it's the Lord, and then it's my marriage, and then it's everything else, and then it's the kids and stuff like that. Because it's like we're if our marriage is messed up, it's gonna be real hard to raise those kids. So exactly. it still has to go in that order, you know. Um, and and for me, I'm just really blessed to have a really hands-on partner who really takes his duties as a father very seriously, and we try to be very engaged and really intentional, and so. Um, I am a better mother whenever I have, you know, his cosign as a father. I just am, you know. And again, like I said, I I really do know and understand that everyone's – everyday family situation is different, but for our household, that's when we flourish, when we operate like that. So for us, it's God, you know, um, then it's our marriage and then it's our family and then everything else. So then you get into church, then you get into work, then you get into all of those things. Um, and so, yeah, so once I realized that prioritization was more important than scheduling, I think that's when I started to realize like, okay, I can actually handle all the responsibilities that I have. One, when I prioritize, um, and what I also had to realize with prioritization is that there are there's a lot of important things that are not priorities to me. Mm. You know. Just because something is important does not mean that it's a priority, you know? Um, and there's some, okay. you know, you know, and, and even sometimes there's going to be important things that are urgent that aren't necessarily a priority. And you have to make that decision if that's something you want to actually exert your energy on. Um, but yeah, I think once I started understanding that, then when I got to the scheduling and planning part, everything started making sense because... The schedule has to be based on the priority. The priorities can't be based on the schedule. And that was huge for me.
0: That's huge. That's huge. I love that advice. That's so true. And I think that's a season I'm in. I just, I have a three-year-old. Oh my gosh,
1: um, good times.
0: Yeah, it's, it's crazy, but it's awesome. Um, I'm learning that, that... Um, Sometimes there's amazing opportunities or you know these important things, but they're not my priority
1: right they're now. not yeah they're not your priority right now not in the not in the season that you're in, you know like now when your three year old is thirteen, yeah, because you don't have to cut up somebody's food, you don't have to tie their shoe, you know you might not even have to do their laundry right depending on the season that they're in at, mm-hmm. at thirteen. But I, yeah, that's what I had to realize. Like, And that saying no is, is going to be part of it, you know, um, even if it is a great opportunity. It's like, well, if it's—if again, if it's not in alignment with the season that I'm in, then the answer is no.
0: Mm-hmm. Definitely. Um, what do you have to say to that woman listening right now that has a dream in her heart and feels like God is leading her to do something but doesn't know how or when to take the plunge?
1: You know, I think the thing that really, uh, you know, has gotten me is that there's a season for everything, right? Um, You know, the word says it itself. And I think the other thing that's hilarious to me that I, like, I really had to understand, right? It's like, at the end of the day, God is who he is, right? God is God. So if you have prayed for something, it's in alignment with the purpose he's created you for and his will. It's going to get done whether you make a move or not. So in a lot of times we are sitting here waiting for God and God's waiting on us. He's God. If he can create this whole universe, why wouldn't he be able to do what's in our heart? You know what I mean? If he created you and it's in your heart and he created that heart, why would he not be able to execute that? So I think a lot of times we're sitting down waiting for God and we're being still. And it's like, really, a lot of the times we're being still because he just needs to make sure, and not even him, we need to make sure that our heart is ready. You know, but at the end of the day, whether you decide to make a move or not, because it's a, de- it's a decision and he loves us so much that he gives us that free will, you still have to decide whether or not you're going to do it. But whether or not you decide to do it, if it's in his will, it's going to get done. Mm-hmm. So it's either you're going to be that player for him or he's going to go choose another player. So for me, I always feel like the quick decision making is always beneficial. There's, there's never been a time where I've made a quick decision and it's backfired on me. It's always the opposite. It's always, man, like I dragged my feet. I definitely should have executed on that. Man, I really did. I really waited too long to do that. Um, anytime you make a quick decision, because even if you do fall flat, you've, you're, you're giving yourself a head start to recover faster. Yeah. And so yeah, for me it's kind of like you make this move because he's going to make his moves anyway. He he loves you. This doesn't mean he loves you any less and stuff like that, but he still has to get his will done. And so yeah, you you got to just kind of stay on pace with God. We're we're definitely not waiting for him. He's waiting. He's waiting for us and sometimes he won't cuz he doesn't have to.
0: Yeah, exactly. And as you said, if we don't become that player, there'll be someone else, right? And yeah, that's yeah. when we fall into that oh, nap that I had that idea five right, years ago right. and you know I didn't do it and here's this person executing it. Right,
1: right. And I think too, uh the thing, a lot of people have good hearts, a lot of them have things that are in their heart that are that is in complete alignment. Um and some of us even have the willingness, but if you don't take the action, then it, it literally doesn't matter if you have faith, if you have no action. Yeah. You might, as, well, you might as well be worrisome. And all to me, that to me, it's, it's, it's like smarter. It's like better for you to be like worrisome and stuff like that. Cause at least then now we know you're not going to do nothing. You know what I mean? But if you're saying you have faith and you just haven't taken the action, then it's like, you're really wasting this faith that he could be using on somebody else.
0: Wow. Wow. Yeah. That's so true. And I like what you said about I, I sum it up as feel fast, feel forward. Yeah. Um, if you feel like God is calling you to something do it. And if you fail, he's God, he will pick you up and you will recover everything
1: plus more anyways. Right. He can make anything bad. Good. He can make anything bad. Good. (laughs) Ask David. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Anything bad. Good.
0: (laughs) I feel like we had a little bit of church just now, but um, (laughs) how, if you want to know more about you and what you do, how can we find you?
1: Um, I am everywhere on social, so you can find me at the Maddie James, M um, A T T I E J A M E S, on uh, Instagram, on Twitter. Uh, YouTube, Pinterest, uh, Facebook, I'm the same name across the board. And of course, you can check out my blog at maddiejames.com blog. Um, we have new posts up every single week. Um, and then of course, there's the podcast you can listen to if you prefer to get your content that way. And that is the Maddie James Show on iTunes. But basically, if you just type in my name, uh, you should be able to find me in Google and it'll, it'll point you to where you need to be.
0: I want to thank you so much for taking
1: time on your Saturday to be with us. Of course. Thank Blessings you so much you. for having me. Oh my gosh. Same to you, Jem. I really appreciate it. Standing
0: for so long, I forget a stand